Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. It's all of that this weekend, right? Our last day to say Happy Thanksgiving, but now we got a a month of saying Merry Christmas, and I think having something good to say when we see people is a good thing right now, isn't it? (laughs) Good to see all of you. I hope you had a a wonderful weekend, restful, full of food, and all that kind of stuff, and hopefully a a whole lot of gratitude. We got our, our Christmas decorations going up here. We uh, actually started this last week because we, we had the Christmas series get started, but this week we will uh, get going with the rest of our Christmas decorations. I trust that's true out at Midlothian also. As a matter of fact, go up and ask Buddy today how you can, uh, how you can help decorate out there at our Midlow campus because everybody here is asking me how they can decorate here, and I'll answer your question. Show up tomorrow. We got a lot of decorating. It's not just going to be up here, but all of our, our decorating out there, of course, the big tree that about a thousand of you will get a picture in front of. It's kind of become a tradition to get a picture with the tree out there, but all that will go up this week, and boy, if you can come help us get all that set up, give any time uh, this week. We're, we're pretty much here every day throughout the day. We'll be decorating. Hope you can help us get all that up and, and get in that festive spirit as uh, December is upon us. Uh, it's exciting to think December is upon us. It's exciting to think 2020 is almost over. And amen. Can we get an amen to that? 2020, is, let's get this thing wrapped up and get, get on to a... Uh, a new year. So glad, though, that you guys are, are here this morning and have made today in the worship of our Lord a, a part of your Thanksgiving weekend. Grateful for our our uh, worship team each week. Sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small. We're managing, uh, yeah, very. There's like eight of us, Dale, are really excited. <laughs> So, of course, that was all the praise team, I think, that was was clapping. But, uh, yeah, we, we had a, a, a little COVID run through there and so have been down for about three weeks now. Is that right? Uh, just making sure everybody's quarantined and well and we think we're past that. So our choir is going to be back in action Wednesday night for practice and uh, will be leading us for worship next Sunday as, as long as they can. We'll, we'll keep managing and navigating our way through this. Man, it's just, you know, as you come into worship, as you come in, you know, what's changed this week? What's the same this week? What, what is different? All of these things going on that just keep changing how we do stuff. But, you know, things that should be the same each week is, is gathering, gathering here in person, gathering online, but getting together with God's people. That shouldn't change, right? Singing, singing shouldn't change. I, I hope at home you're not just watching us, you're, you're singing, uh, giving of thanks, not just this week, but, but every week, right? Give, giving of thanks, giving to the Lord. You know, we don't say as much about it now. We don't pass a plate. Uh, that's kind of the big reminder. Oh, this is the part of the service where we do that. But, uh, man, giving should be a part of every week of how I express my worship unto the Lord, my love to the Lord. We do that online now. We do that in boxes on the way out and mail it in. A lot of ways that maybe don't feel like worship. But, boy, the act and discipline of giving should so much be a part of the follower of Christ's life, right? Because we were given to. For unto us, a child is born. To us, a son is 
given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. A child being called the Everlasting Father. And the Prince of Peace. Boy, to to look at those words, to, to see how a child is being described there. I mean, that's pretty unique. <laughs> that's a, a pretty special description of a child. As a matter of fact, it's quite a bit more than unique. It's quite a bit more than special as this child is clearly being described as God. You know, in ancient cultures, it wasn't uncommon for them to bestow on their kings on their heroes, deity, to ascribe to them titles that, that were deity-like. That, that was very common in ancient cultures, but not the Hebrew culture. The, the Jewish faith absolutely did not ascribe to their kings, to their heroes, any kind of deity, any thought of deity. They would have actually called that blasphemy. That person would be stoned, and I don't mean by something you smoke. They would end up dead for ascribing deity to somebody. So you can go through centuries of kings in, in, the, in Israeli and in Jewish history, and you'll never see them being described or ascribed as deity in this life or in the next life. They, they didn't do that. And so when I look at this passage, you know, I, I, I realize, and, and this is something I believe about the first word in Genesis all the way to the last word in Revelation. It's all God's word. There may have been people that it came through, but it's God's word, every single word. But boy, Isaiah 9, 6 is one of those for me that's like, wow, this is just so clearly God speaking. This is so clearly God writing. I would actually question if Isaiah even grasps what he's just written. We, we assume all these Bible writers are super smart, super spiritual, and they are pretty smart, and they are pretty spiritual. I would wonder if Isaiah even understood what he just wrote, even grasped that he just called a child, he just described a child as the eternal God. I wonder if he got that, or that's just God moving and working right through him, almost to the point he didn't even maybe know what was going on at that moment. Oh, these titles, four titles, so special, so much in each one of those titles. It would be wrong. It would be inappropriate to try to pull one title out and say, this is the best title. This is the most important title. No, each one of these titles has something I need, has something you need that we need. I think we're going to hopefully see that through this Christmas season. But but if I were to pull one title out, not as better, not as more important, maybe I, I, I guess the the idea I would use, if I was to pull out a title that was very personal to me, it, it probably would be that first one. Wonderful counselor. I got 
the most wonderful counselor for Christmas. Have you ever said that on the 26th? (laughs) I got the most wonderful counselor for Christmas. And you know, I've had a pretty regular appointment with my counselor since about middle school. And for the last 25 some years, I've met with him every single day. There's almost nothing, I don't even know why I said almost, there's, there's nothing really that I want in life more than that moment with the counselor. I mean, that is a moment of peace, it's a moment of sanity, it's, a, it's where I get strength, it's where I get help, it's where I get direction, it's where I get answers. I feel like in that moment, that's my best shot to get it right. Man, I can, I can go into that time with my counselor and, and I can talk with him about anything and, and everything, stuff you think you shouldn't even be talking to God about. You know, God actually challenges me, challenges you, talk with me, discuss with me everything. That's why I'm always kind of in awe of that that person who says, I've heard it more times than I can count. Now, I'm not one of those asking God for all kinds of stuff. They usually say that as some kind of badge of honor. You know, I'm not annoying God. I'm not bothering God. I'm not coming to God with all these things I think and need. And I always want to say, and I never have. (laughs) I always want to say, wow, you just gave an incredible testimony to your ignorance or your arrogance. Maybe both. You pick. But I can assure you, you did not give testimony to your goodness. You didn't give testimony to your strength and ability to provide for yourself. And you didn't give a testimony that you don't annoy heaven. Listen, I don't know why God wants to hear from you or me. (laughs) I I really don't. I, I, I don't know why he wants to, but he does. And what an opportunity to have a moment, five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, to have a moment with the most wonderful counselor of all counselors. My counselor has all knowledge. I didn't say he has a lot of knowledge. I didn't say he had the most knowledge. I said he has all knowledge. There's not something to know outside of God. There's not something somewhere on a distant planet. There's not something in in a corner of the universe. There's not something small and tucked away. This little experience, this thing to see, this thing to hear, this thing to know that is outside of God. That he hasn't seen and heard and experienced and know. He has all knowledge. And he has all knowledge along with being in every single moment. It's partly why he has all knowledge, right? He's in every single moment. He's in every moment. He's in every circumstance working, working for you. He moves and works into every circumstance with all knowledge because he's got a plan for your life and he's got a purpose for your life. And the best way you can get on board with that is to engage with him. So he says, come, come, come talk to me. 
Come, let's work this out together. Come see me. Come listen to me. I, I want to give you guidance and direction on this. How incredible. What a wonderful counselor. He's not just giving me an answer. He's not even giving me the best answer. He's giving the perfect answer. Both in light of the moment and eternity. In light of the moment and eternity, he gives the perfect answer. My counselor can see the past, the present, and the future at the exact same time. There's not a difference for him. He sees it all together. That's, that's the one giving direction to me. My counselor knows things that I, I don't know. That's always been true. Do you, do you understand that? When you've made your best decisions, you've made that without complete knowledge of what's going on. You know, my God's never working with that deficiency. He, he has knowledge that I don't have on this circumstance. And, and he's giving that direction with that knowledge. My, my God not only knows what is going to happen, the actual thing that is going to happen. He knows all the possibilities, all things actual, all things possible. He can run those possibilities miles down the road and see what the impact will be in my life and in your life and in people whose life I don't even realize are connected to what I'm doing, connected to a decision I'm making. He he can see all of that. And with all of that knowledge, he then speaks into my life. I will never have access to that, which is why out of his love, he says, come talk to me. I've I've got this. I want to give this to you. I don't always get the answer I want, and I certainly don't always get it as quick as I want, but I always get my counselor's answer. And everything I just described it's just a part of what it means. I mean, when we hear the word counselor, you think of like go and you, you know, blah, here's what I think. And, and then they give you advice and direction, right? Oh, but my counselor is so much more. He's doing so much more than giving insight, giving, giving wisdom. And my, my counselor is a healer. My counselor is a helper. My counselor is a provider. My counselor is a guide. My counselor is a, a protector. He's light in the darkness. He's a friend in the loneliness. My counselor is life right in the middle of death. Oh, I've got a, I've got a wonderful counselor. When I sit down with him each day, I'll, I'll go in and, and uh, I'll start to talk to him about yesterday. It, probably if you were to look at it or read it, it might sound like I should have addressed it, Dear Diary. <laughs> Just kind of talk about what went on. You know, what I'm doing is I'm just kind of, you know, I'm trying to wake up for one, getting the first couple sips of coffee, and I'm just kind of orienting myself to what went on, what has gone on since the last time I met with my counselor. So I just think a little bit about what I did with the Lord yesterday, what I did without the Lord yesterday. Maybe some things I need to be thankful for, some things I need to say I'm sorry for, but just kind of... You know, as I start this time with him, just kind of orient myself, kind of remember what's all gone on, what's all happened since yesterday morning. And we'll talk about that for a few moments, not usually very long, like a minute, maybe two. 
And then pretty quickly, I'm going to turn to God's word because I can come so charging into this with all my thoughts and my ideas and my wants. And and so before I get too carried away with myself, I don't know if you have that problem. I do. Before I get too carried away with myself, I want to try to orient my heart and my mind to God's thoughts, to God's ideas, to what God wants in my life and in this world. So I turn to his word. And that right there, that, that right there is counsel. I, I mean, you turn to God's word, there's, there's the strength, there's the hope, there's the answers, there's the guidance, there's the direction, there's the correction. We don't usually want that, but you need it, right? I mean, good gracious, if you're going the wrong way, I mean, how many miles do you want to get down the road the wrong way before somebody says, hey, stupid? I try to give God a chance every single day to say, hey, stupid, that way. Gold, gold is what I find in God's word. I I wish I could say that in a way that it, it didn't sound metaphorical. I absolutely believe all of the riches of life are found in moments in God's word. And so then I'll I'll come out of that, whatever I've read that day, and I I read something out of the old, out of the new, a psalm and a proverb. And I'll I'll try to take a couple of things out of what I've read and turn them into prayers. You know, now that I'm thinking about what God thinks and what God wants, I'll try to turn that into a prayer because I want God to think that I'm as interested in what he wants and thinks as I want him to be in what I want and think. I think I'm sincere in that. I hope, I hope it's sincere. But I'll take what I've read in this story or in this command and, and kind of turn, turn that into a prayer. Just lay that before the Lord. You know, I, I, uh, I haven't always known what to do in this time. I haven't always felt comfortable in this time. I don't know if that's anything you've ever experienced. You know, I'm, I'm here. Is, is anybody else here? Does this make a difference? Can anybody hear? Does God hear? What am I supposed to say? I mean, what what do you say to the God of gods? I I, I haven't always known, but I've found this, that the more time I go there and the more time I spend there, the more natural it becomes, the easier it becomes, and the more I want nothing more in life than that moment right there. And God knows that I don't know what I'm doing. There's a shock and all, right? I mean, he, he can watch me and go, wow, you really don't have a clue, do you? you? You don't know what you're doing here. But he's patient, right? And he's kind. And so what he did, because I'm pretty simple, he gave me a checklist. He said, hey, listen, just to get us started, whenever you come into this time, just work through this checklist, Just work through this way of talking to me, and we're going to most of the time get right to where we need to be. And and so this is the the checklist that he gave me. I I, I start with praise and thanksgiving. You know, and when I give that praise and thanksgiving, God hadn't told me to do that because he's kind of feeling bad about himself. He's got a low self-image. He needs me to come in and prop him up, pat him on the back, help him feel good about himself. No, folks, think about what happens a lot of the times we're going into prayer. We're overwhelmed, aren't we? 
There's a big enemy. There's a big problem. There's a big decision. There's just the bigness and overwhelmingness of life. It's just everything is big, big, big. And you know what happens in praise is I realize, whoa, 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 whoa. Everything I carried in here that I thought was so big is all much, much smaller than the counselor I'm talking to. You see, praise helps me realize the bigness of my God. Thanksgiving helps me to realize that while I'm in here to ask him to move and to work, oh, wait a minute, he's been moving and been working. He's never stopped moving, never, never stopped working. So I give that praise and thanksgiving and then pray for his desires. Now, I kind of, number two there, I kind of said that a moment ago, right? I actually have two places in this time. I read the Bible and out of that, from that day's readings, I will have a couple of prayers that I think this is what God wants. This is what God's looking for. But when I get to this place, I have a kind of a list of things I pray for every single day that I believe God wants. That I believe his word is communicated. This is what he's doing in the world. This is, this is what he's doing in people's lives. This is what he wants. And I, I try to have some things that I see appearing in scripture over and over and over. And I've said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray about those every day. That these are things God wants. And then I'll move into the more, I guess, what you and I might think of as normal stuff. Physical needs, you know, the, the bread the stuff of the day, physical needs, relational needs, spiritual needs, mine, yours. It's where I cover yours, you know, family, friends. I'll, I'll kind of go through and cover all that. And, then, and then, I'll, then I'll try to end with it all being about God again. Because by the time I work through three, four, and five, I'm back thinking it's about me. <laughs> I'm usually back thinking it's about, boy, my thoughts and ideas and my wants are so big and so important. And I try to come back and I use that, that prayer of John the Baptist almost every day at the end of this time. Oh, Lord, may there be less of me and more of you. After I've just told you all that I think and want. Oh, my, if you gave it to me, that probably mess things up even worse. There needs to be a lot of you and very little of me in every single one of these things I've just prayed about. And then I, I get up and leave. And always, not sometimes, not most of the time, always, always, always peace. Now it's, I don't know, something between kind of funny and kind of sad and how quickly I can mess that up. Sometimes it's down to seconds. Sometimes give me 75, 120 seconds and I can mess this piece up real quickly. <laughs> but I left there with the piece. Man, a shot, an opportunity every day. Why would I ever want to miss this? Because of sleep? Because I'm busy? Why would I ever want to miss the singular opportunity every day at Clarity? at rest, at peace, at, at, at a chance to, to get it right. In that moment, and sometimes it's but a moment, but in that moment, I can be okay if nothing else is okay. I guess that would be that 
that peace that passes all understanding, right? And here's the beautiful thing. When I get up and leave and charge off into my day because I'm so big and important, I got to change the world. Whatever I didn't get worked out there with the counselor, he carries it to the Father, and they continue working on it for me. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. Every day, as often as we want. I can't pay for it. (laughs) I don't deserve it. And I have abused it. But by this child, his name is Jesus. I have access to the Holy of Holies. And that means every day of my life, the opportunity is given to me to have access to everything. Let's pray. How trite, Lord, to say thank you. What in the world am I doing with the access to everything? I wouldn't know what to do with it if I got it. Thank you for giving your son and giving me a relationship with the most wonderful counselor. Lord, may I grow ever more careful with that opportunity. May I grow ever more committed to that opportunity. May I not want any part of life lived without living it there in that time with you first. Lord, what I pray for myself, I would... I would pray for each one in this room, each one watching online at our Midlothian campus, thousands and thousands of us. I don't know how you do it, God. (laughs) How do you give all of us this time? How do you give all of us this opportunity? You are amazing. I don't understand it, but I worship you for it. Oh, Lord, I... I would pray for each person here today that each day this week they could somehow see, experience, know the power, the rest, the beauty, the joy of that moment with the wonderful counselor and what what it can mean to all the rest of the day. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.